Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Lord Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to share your word. We thank you tonight, Lord, that your word is alive and powerful. We thank you that your word changes our lives and infuses us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we're infected with the gospel. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So like I said, I'm starting a syllabus on leadership. And so I thought I'd tonight that I wanted to start that. And Pastor said, you know, just share what you want to. So uh, I'm going to share this with you tonight. And I know it'll be good. It will be. Uh, it won't be eternally long, but it'll be heavenly good. How about that? I tell you, sometimes I have two sermons: one long and boring, and one short and sweet. We always want the short and sweet, don't we? <laughs> so, go in your Bibles to Romans chapter ten, and tonight I want to talk about the importance of the pastor in the church. The importance of pastor in that office. So, Romans chapter ten. Somebody say amen when you get there. All right. Romans chapter 10, we'll start with verse 14. It says this, For how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach or proclaim the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So we see we have a foundation set up before us, and he's talking about someone to go preach, and he said, how can they go unless they're called and unless they're sent? And so uh, Jesus himself said it, said some things in order. You know, the Bible is a book of order. God is a God of order. Now, some people get it messed up, and they think because we allow the Holy Spirit to do the things that he wants to do sometimes, and it causes people to look in a way they normally wouldn't look or in a way that the world looks all it is when the power of god's in a place moving like that is just that we begin to look more like heaven than we do earth and we're just used to seeing the people in the way that that earth sees them and so but so he's a god of order and then so he sets things in order and they're they're prioritized so let me give you this too pastors are the leaders of the church without a pastor you can get sidetracked you can get shipwrecked and you can even get all spiritually now, we're talking about the importance of the role of the pastor and what it means to you and I. And once we, we learn this, if we get this foundation in us, then we can grow, which will cause a church to grow, which will bring all kinds of things into our life. But if we don't get the foundation right, then everything we do will be off. Right? You can build a big, beautiful house, but what's underneath what it was built on is going to show up at some time. You'll see a crack in the foundation. Try to sell your house with a crack in the foundation. You're going to have a problem. You're not even going to want to really live in it either. And when you drive up and you see it, you're going to look at the first thing that cross your mind. Man, that's a mess. We have a problem. Right? And it's all because their foundation wasn't set properly. So we want to make sure that our foundation is set properly in the local church, the body, because that is us. We're the ones that God has put so much trust in 
Do you, can you imagine that our Father has put so much trust in us that He's entrusted us with the whole world to win the whole world? From right here in Jemison, Alabama, we can touch the whole world as long as things are set properly. Amen? And so the pastor is the one that, that helps do that. The pastor is a, a visionary of the local church where everything flows from. The pastor is a visionary. He's the one who gets the vision for this body. Now, we have a lot of different ministries. For a body this size, there's a lot of different ministries come out of this body. But every one of those ministries that come out of this body is connected to the local church. And it has a, it has, and it has a, a way it's supposed to flow. In other words, we don't, uh, ministers that come out of this church or ministries that come out of this church, uh, pastor said not long ago, I heard him say that, that the apostolic anointing is upon him. He wants to start doing some means in other places. That would tell me that some other people are going to have to be used because he can only be in one place at one time. Right? So for that to happen, the foundation has to be strong. And we have to be careful that we walk under that covering that is set before us by God through that pastoral anointing for several reasons. To keep our anointing, amen, for things to flow right in this house, for things to flow right in our own homes. So we have to keep that in mind. No matter what your ministry is, whether it's health, whether it's one of the fivefold ministry gifts that we may talk about in a few minutes, no matter what it is, it flows and it starts out of the local body. If you go and you look and you investigate, most every time that somebody gets off course, gets shipwrecked, gets a funky doctrine that doesn't make sense to anybody but them. I had a young man tell me one time, and it was in the book I wrote, and uh, he told me that uh, the Lord had him. He got saved, and the Lord had him out smoking dope with them dopers to win them over. I said, I want that job. <laughs> And I tell him, I said, well, what you did, I said, here's my word, I said, well, what you did, you ate too much pizza. Because that, that is not scriptural. That's not a foundation that you can build on. That's wacky, right? I mean, that's all you can say. So we have to be mindful. But he didn't have a covering. He didn't have a local church that he come out of. He worked with a lot of different uh, type people. But he didn't have a local church a local covering. He definitely didn't have one that would speak into his life and say, you know, this is right and that's wrong. And the quickest way for you and I to know if we're really submitted is when things don't go the way that we think they should go. Right? When things not, you know, well, I would do this and I would do that. Well, but that ain't our call, is it? Our call is to understand the, the importance of the pastor because he or she are the ones who God uh, speaks and anoints to lead and to guide and give direction. Amen. Amen. If you're not the right one, that's a whole lot of pressure you don't want. Amen. So the pastors are the one. Now listen, the pastor is the one who knows the way, leads the way, and shows us the way. Amen. So let's get started. Go and go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, just a few minutes I'm going to share with you tonight. I want to talk to you about this, the importance. Remember, tonight is understanding the importance of the pastor and the office of the pastor. And I know many of you do, but tonight I just want to give you a refresher course and do a checkup from the head up, you understand? Or from the neck up. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Well, let's start in verse 9. It says, Now this, he ascended. Who does it mean but that he who also first descended to the lower parts of the earth. We know that was Jesus. 
He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now he's fixing to give some direction. Would you agree that Jesus is head of the church? Would you agree that Jesus paid the price and the Father said, All authority in heaven and earth I give to you? Would you agree with that? Would you agree that Jesus said, All authority being given to him, but he turned around and gave it to who? He gave it to us. Right? He gave it to us. So he put some things in order as a guide. You know, when we're babies in Christ, God usually put a, 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 a saintly person to help us and disciple us. Now, the problem is we've got away from discipling. We've got too many ministries going on, and we're doing everything but discipling the babies sometimes. That's another story. But even at home, when you have kids, you teach them or you disciple them on how, what they're going to do. When it's time to thank God when they're old enough to take their own bath. But do you show them how to do that? And you show them, no, you've got to put soap on that rag, baby. And you got to wash that face. And you got to put water on it to get it all. You have to teach them to do those things. Well, that's a foundation that we got from our Heavenly Father. We're just raising up children. Well, that's what happens in the church. You have a pastor that's set in, anointed and appointed by God, called by God. Not chose by a man or a woman or a group, but only by God and the Holy Ghost. Now look what it says in verse 11. And he himself, now who is he? Jesus, right? Can we agree that's Jesus we're talking about? And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ till we come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind and doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is ahead Christ from whom the whole body is joined and knit together, but what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth to the body for edifying itself in love. Now I want to address something here. Okay? I want you to understand some things here. Now I have an office that I sit in. Okay? Some of you have an office. You may feel that God has called you to be one of the fivefold ministries. If that's true, then you have an office that you sit in. I have one office that I sit in right now. I have sit in the pastor's office. But I have one office that I sit in right now. But here's what I want to show you about the pastor. Now look, it says he sent some in for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So I want, to, I want you to understand this about the pastor. An apostle is someone who raises people up. Would that fall under, do you see a pastor doing that? Your pastor doing that? Let me have that answer would be true. Come on now. All right. Now I understand the apostleship, but I'm talking about in the local church here. All right. He said, some are prophets. Has your pastor ever given you a prophetic word? Okay. Evangelist. An evangelist reaches people. Does this church try to reach people? So far, we're good, right? All right. And, uh, and the pastor, and it says, teaches. Does the pastor ever teach? 
Okay, so what I'm telling you, you may sit in an office, but the pastor at any given time in the local body can operate in any one of those gifts as need be the Holy Ghost sees the need in the body. So on Sunday morning, the prophet don't have to be in the church because there's one in the church. An evangelist to stir people up, even though they're great when they I wish I could be one sometimes because I man, it's exciting to watch them. But we don't have to have one in Sunday morning here because we have one in the pulpit. Right? The same with a teacher and an apostle. So the pastor, I'm talking about the importance of understanding the pastor's role so you can get all that God wants you to get. And so he's designed it where he's called different people to do different things. But the greatest office of all, in my opinion, is the pastor. Because the pastor can do it all and has to do it all. See, when I go into a church in my office and I minister in my office, you know, they're expecting it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're desiring it. If the Lord moved a different way through me, some of them think something was wrong. They don't know me. They just heard. But your pastor knows every one of us and he knows situations and he knows what's going on. And so the Holy Ghost can put him from one office to the next office to the next office, all in one service if he needs to. And you and I have to understand that that's a gift from God that we should cherish. Because whatever you need, you need, you need, or I need, it can be gotten to us at any particular moment right here from the office of pastor in the local body. He can be all those things or she can be all those things. Amen. Till you see that. All right. Now it says for the equipping of the saints to train us and build us up. Why? So then we can go out and partake of what we're supposed to do. But when we, I want you to understand when you go out and do something, you're representing obviously Jesus, but you're also representing the church. That's why a pastor says, hey, you want to speak tomorrow night or Tuesday night or can you go do this? Always remember that. Always remember that. Amen. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right. So now it says that pastors are gifts, and so it's, if it's a gift, they should be treated like a gift. So what do you do with a gift? The first thing that happens, if my wife come home and she said, I got you a gift, my first thing is, where is it? Can I open it? In other words, I want to receive it. Right? It would hurt my wife's feelings if she said, I brought you a gift. And I said, okay, I'll catch it later, I'll check it later, whatever. It would <laughs> be the last gift. Right? So that's a natural. But in the spiritual realm, it's the same way. When God gives us a gift, He expects us to open the package. He expects us to receive what it is that He's given us. And so He gives us the gift of a pastor. And so we, we should receive that gift. We should recognize that gift. And we should know how to handle that gift. Amen. Amen. See, spiritually, spiritually, there's a big difference than, than, uh, uh, than Eric and Pastor. They may look the same, but they're not the same. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not, if, you call, if, you, if you don't have a problem saying Eric, I mean, I've known Pastor Eric for a lot of years. I don't ever call him Eric. We can be in a social setting. To the best of my knowledge, he's probably never heard me say that. Because I understand the gifting that's there. It don't even feel right coming out of my mouth. 
I feel like, man, that's wrong. I just said it ain't right. <laughs> that, that's my conviction. It, ain't, it don't have to be yours. But I do understand there's things that, 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 that as pastor, he's got in him that God wants to get to me. And if I acknowledge that it's a gift, so when he opens his mouth, or Pastor Michelle opens their mouth, then I can get what it is. I can catch hold of the revelation of it because I'm looking through spiritual lives, living a, through a spiritual life and not a life of just that old brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Boy, we sure did have good other, a good other night at Hardee's or wherever. Or, you know, we, man, we, that was some fun, fun times we had the night laughing and all this, that, and other. Let me tell you the difference. Do you want to know? Okay. The difference is we can have a really good time we're together. But that quick it can turn to a spiritual. Because when there's a, a, an honor and a respect and understanding of the gift, and when you get that, see, God at any moment might want to drop something into your spirit. You know, they had, uh, I forget what country it was, but they had all a whole group of people in that had been spies and so forth, and they were going to give a promotion. And all of them was in a room. And I, I, I think I'm telling the story right. The gist of it, I know him. Anyway, one got up and left. Walked out. A few minutes later, the man charged, come in, said, the rest of you can go. It's already been filled. The assignment's already been given. They said, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? He said, because there was a sound going out. If you hear this voice, come see me, basically. How could one hear it and others not hear it? Because one was in tune. One was listening. And when you understand, when the man of God comes in the room, no matter what the setting, and Jesus, Jesus fished, I guess. I don't like fishing, but he fished. I like to eat fish. Jesus did a lot of things. Jesus was at a wedding watching people have a drink. Was he not? But at that same wedding he was at where, where they were having drinks, he showed a miracle performed a miracle and called the guy. Anybody else, my point is this. He, you can be in any setting and that quick, he can speak something to you. He may say, oh, this is my opportunity to say something to, to this guy. Or this is my opportunity to say something to her right now. See, it doesn't matter where you're at to him. It's being able to receive. And so we receive our gift. We receive the pastor as a gift and, and we treat him like a gift. All right? Or so you receive the gift. Why receive the pastor? It's because you want to get the gift of God that's in him or her. You want to get the love of God, the protection of God. There's a lot of things that comes with that gift. Your protection. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that pastor, it's the only office of the book it says. It doesn't say it about the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, the teacher. But it says it about the pastor. That he is, he, he is accountable for your soul. Have you ever read that? Am I being too hard? Because I'm trying to be. I don't mean to be. You know, I'm just trying to teach. It's a different anointing for me. But here's the thing. He's, he's, he's accountable for your soul. In other words, the Lord looking to him about what he teaches, how he prays, what he does, how he does all those things to cover you and to represent you and to protect you and to make sure he gets from God what he's supposed to get to you. The problem is if we can't get it sometimes because we don't understand it's really a gift. And we can't wait till brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so gets here and the whole time 
Have you ever had, have you ever uh, been with somebody and all of a sudden something said and they say, yeah, that's right. But you probably told them that 10 times. Happens a lot in marriage. <laughs> right? He goes, I've been telling them that. They, they, duh, they just getting it? Happens every week out of pulpit sometimes. If we're not, if we don't understand that, that's a special gift. That's a special gift. There's something special there. And when we come into the church on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Tuesday nights, whatever, then our expectation is really high because we understand that that's not brother, sister, so-and-so just walking up there to deliver the Word of God. But that's the, the gift that God chose to place right here to minister us. Everyone was drawn to this church, right? Think about this church. Most of the people have been in this church forever. Since, since the birth of it, a lot of people have. You know, so that says something. So we, so we receive that. So how do I receive my pastor? Just a couple of things. First of all, if you get a gift from the Lord, if you get something from the Lord, you just tell the Lord I receive it. That's pretty easy, isn't it? That's like, you do you ever thank the Lord? I mean, somebody walked in tonight and gave you $100,000. You wasn't just paying cash money too. Would you thank the Lord? Thank you would, right? <laughs> so first thing we do when we realize, oh, this is a special gift. This is a gift that's going to change my life. This gift is more precious and more uh, uh, than, than silver or gold. This gift carries more authority with it than the President of the United States. This gift holds a higher office than any king on the earth, including our President of the United States. This gift does. And when we realize that, we, we begin to operate and understand that, then our life is radically changed. So we just tell the Lord, you want to receive the gift? Lord, I thank you. I realize what a gift you've given us. Right? Pretty easy. Talking about the importance of receiving the gift as pastor. So then you can, it's okay to, it's okay, you know, it's okay to tell the I know y'all find it hard to believe. You know who the most, let's see, I wanted to come out right. Some of the most insecure people in the world is us right here. You know who we call on Monday morning? Each other. You know what we say? Man, how was it yesterday? Was it okay? You think I did all right? Man, I don't know. They didn't look like they was getting it. I don't know. It just didn't feel right. It's just all right here. Some of the most insecure people sometimes is us, me. Wondering, man, did I really help anybody? Did I really hear God on it? Because it didn't look like nobody was moved but me. So it's okay to receive your pastor and tell him, hey, pastor, I, I receive you. I mean, I'm so thankful God's using you. I mean, I'm getting blessed. And even when you don't feel blessed, you're getting something. Because I heard your pastor say, my pastor say, even when it don't look like God's working behind the scenes, he's working. <laughs> So we talk to the Lord, say, Lord, I appreciate it. I accept the pastor, the, the role. I accept where you place me. All right? Then you tell the pastor that. And then when you really get it, 
you begin to tell somebody else in the community. You want church growth? Here's how you get church growth. There's a lot. There's some 10 steps, 5 steps, 27 steps, 1,000 steps. Any, how many you want? I'm going to get to you in one. When you get excited about it and realize the gift you got and you begin to go tell people, you need to come check out what we got going on here. We got a man and woman of God that's delivering the word of God. I mean, they are, they just, whatever you want to say, pump it up, blow it up, whatever. Out of proportion. You hear me? When we begin to receive that gift and get excited about it and realize, man, I need this. Somebody else needs it. Right? We all know, my wife and I was talking about somebody used to be in our life today and how messed up their life is right now and how we think we might can help them. But the only way we know we can help them is through prayer. And so when we begin to deal with people like that and we begin to help me, listen, you need to come on down here. In our ministries, as we go out, guys, if you have another ministry and you go out, especially if it's a, if it's a ministry where we're going to local stuff, do it, starting Bible studies, doing this kind of stuff, the only reason the only reason to start a Bible study is to draw people to your local church. Amen, that was good. Thank you. I know it was. It's just the truth, though. If I start a Bible study tomorrow night in Jemison, anywhere local, anywhere around here, it should be for a sole purpose, yes, to help people, but the ultimate goal is to bring people into the local church. Amen. Keep preaching. I think I would just for a minute. <laughs> so we begin to tell others about the gift that we have. Okay? Can we do that? All right. The importance of the pastor. It's important to know your pastor. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Is everything so far been out of the book? As long as it's out of the book, we're good, right? All right. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. You ready? And we urge you, brethren. Are you a brethren? You a believer? So is it talking to you and me? It is. We're keeping everything in context. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and What's the next word? Or is that over? Everybody's book say that? And those who are over you in the Lord, admonishing you, admonish means to instruct you or to warn you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. So how do we know our pastor? We know him after the spirit and not after the flesh. And what I mean by that, I don't care what what so-and-so said happened. I don't care what so-and-so said went on. I don't care what so-and-so said they heard. I don't care about any of those things. They don't bother me. Has anybody ever said anything about (laughs) y'all? Has anybody ever said anything that possibly couldn't even been true? Has anybody ever brought up your past like they don't have one? Has that ever happened? So why don't we get concerned with that? I don't care. I don't care what happened. I don't care what happened yesterday. But what I do care is the Bible says that that he will instruct 
and he will warn me if I receive the gift and get what the gift's got. Right? Then it says, uh, how do I know him? I know him by love. It's amazing with kids that you can uh, uh, correct them and they'll run out of the room crying or however, whatever, but five minutes later they're up in your lap telling you how much they love you. But we think unless in the church sometimes if we're not careful because we're, we're looking at the, the man or the woman and not the gift. We think if we don't sweep it up, to, up under the carpet and let it slide that that's love. That is not love. That's why the pastor addresses everything that goes on in every situation in life because love does not sweep anything up under the carpet. Love brings it all out and speaks truth and sets things in order. Amen. I like that one. So there's a big difference in knowing a man or woman after their flesh and receiving that from them, which will profit you absolutely nothing. You know, they never would be striving in any church if they received the gift in the right way. You can't get jealous in the church if you receive the gift the right way. Because if you receive the gift of God the right way and He let somebody do something that you thought you were more uh, qualified to do or you thought it was your turn to do it, I don't know where we got into that, it's somebody's turn. But all that kind of stuff, anything jealousy and strife and all that, just hadn't received the gift right. Because when you receive the gift right, then you know when the gift speaks, that's just the way it is. We don't question, we do you question Jesus then why would you question what he's saying do? Or not do? I'll move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So a gift is a priority. So the pastor's a priority. And something that's a priority, does it get special place in your life? It does, doesn't it? A gift gets special place in your life. It takes priority. And so in our lives, the, 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 the pastor gets priority in our lives to be able to speak into our lives. But if you don't give priority or place for your pastor, if you don't receive him in that way and know him in that way, that when he comes to, to tell you something, it's not, you know, it's not always what you want to hear. Truth is not always what you want to hear. Truth is always better for you. It may not feel like it's better for you. I mean, a pastor told me I was going through a process of sitting. I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to sit. Sitting does not suit me, but it suited God. And so I just did what the pastor said. And when it's time for that process to end, he told me the process is at an end and some other stuff. And so I prayed and the Lord told me, yes, that's right, it is. See, but see, I received that. Y'all ever heard of Juanita Bynum? Y'all hear that is? She was just getting pretty popular and her pastor took her address book and told her to sit six months. Sit down six months. Now, she could have kept going and preaching and done okay, but she wouldn't have been where she's at today if she hadn't said. I'm just saying we have to know how to receive the gift and honor the gift and, and realize that, yes, Jesus put him and her, he or she, right here at this time to do exactly this, and he handpicked me to be right here at this time, at this moment, to follow that leading in that direction. You know I mean, can I tell you? Can I tell you how I can tell how mature you are in the Lord? You want to know? You really want to know? 
Are you going to get mad? You sure? If you leave this church on Sunday morning, go to somebody's special meeting, you unless you're the one doing it, the meeting. That's immaturity. Man, it got I'm sorry, Pastor. It got quiet. <laughs> it got quiet, and I'm sorry. That's just the truth. Because right here is where God speaks to the local body and gives direction every single Sunday morning. My kids go to Jim's and Elementary School Monday through Friday. They don't get nothing on Saturday. We get our supply anointed, sent straight from heaven through the man and woman of God to speak things into our life right here every Sunday morning. Can I get amen? amen. All right. Well, I'm either doing good, Pastor, you're going to have to, to pray me out of it because they're listening good. <laughs> so we just acknowledge the office and we do those things. All right. I'm going to try to cut this down about five minutes. So... When once we receive the gift, there's some things that, that, that we can do to help the pastor. All right? And it's, there's things he could do, but we could do it for him. Make life easier. You know? Uh, I, 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 mean, I know a lot of things that I could say, but I'm just going to leave that alone. But I'm just saying, there's things that... If you see the pastor doing something, you can do. Do it. Let me say it that way. Why? Because number one, it relieves him of doing it. Number two, it's just you're supposed to do it. The other day I opened the car door for my wife and, and uh, she said, what are you doing? I said, well, don't I always open the car door for you when the kids ain't with us? When the kids are with us, we're just trying to get them in the car. <laughs> and hope we hadn't missed one. Uh, of course, we can't miss mine because they're all talking at the same time. We can hear them, well, yeah, he's here, she's here. Yep, they're here. And could we leave one of them for a few nights yet? So when we go to a little place like we, we, you know, we went to Subway the other day, I got out, walked around, opened the door. We started leaving, opened the door. She said, you don't have to do it. I said, no, I don't have to do it, but I prefer you over me. You're my wife. I love you. Because she opened her own car door. Yeah. So the little things. How about this? How about, for instance, just because we love somebody, when there's a fellowship, the pastors ought to go first, not last. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, give you little things. Now, I, I pastor for a little while, but I can tell you this that I never got in a cold car or a hot car. I'm just throwing little ideas. I'm just saying, do what you want. But I never got, I never in the summertime walked out and got in a car sweated. And I never one time got in a cold car in the winter. Never. There's little. Can, could I start my own car? Y'all do think I'm capable of that, right? But it's the fact that they, 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 the, the, the gifting, it don't take one person to, to recognize the gift and grab hold of it and not be selfish, which I've been selfish a lot in my life. Haven't we all? You know? And decide I'm going to do this and all of a sudden it catches on like fire. And then all of a sudden there's excitement. Everything, I mean, there's just all kinds of things happening in the church. Because everybody's trying to outdo everybody else. Let me do that. No, let me do that. No, I'm going to do that. I mean, it's a great thing. Well, that sounds foolish. It's foolishly scriptural. <laughs> so there's things that we can do. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you one more scripture. First Timothy chapter 2, 
these things we have to do for the pastor. You ready? Four minutes. We'll be, we'll be through. We'll be through at quarter till. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. You ready? Therefore I exalt you, or encourage you, first of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So we should pray for our pastor daily. I hope you're doing that daily. I hope there's not a tag along at the end. You know what that is? That means, oh yeah, by the way, Lord actually blessed the pastor and his wife today. That's a tag along. That's like we, them prayers we give our kids sometimes when we're tired. Lord bless them, let them sleep tonight. Well, he might let them sleep. That's, that's not doing a whole lot, right? So we pray, and here's what we pray, some things we pray. We pray and we intercede in for, we intercede for the pastor on his behalf. Because he gets a lot of spiritual, he and, and Pastor Pierre get a lot of spiritual warfare. Amen. A lot of attacks come. Why wouldn't they? Some would be wrong if they didn't get spiritual attacked. Do you get attacked spiritually? You have to fight warfare sometimes. Anybody? I'm just saying, come on now. Well, don't you think that would happen to someone who, who is called and designed and set in your life by God to help you? Okay. So we pray and we intercede. Well, what we pray? We pray that the word has free course and that the pastor can deliver it to us unhindered. What I mean? That means you praying to God when he gets up here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or Tuesday night or any special meeting that, that they may have, that when he begins to speak the word of God, it has free course to go where it wants to and it can be sharp. It doesn't have to be dull. It can, it can go straight to the point. It doesn't have to be watered down. It doesn't have to tickle ears. It wants to go and do exactly what it wants to do. Sometimes if we just recognize, give it. I've always been with just give it to me straight. Don't da- I don't like dancing around the bush. I mean, just tell me. If I don't like it, you'll know. Right? But just give it to me. And that's the way we really want the word. We want the word to come and to hit us and to minister us. If it's one of them words that's blessing everybody else, but it's eating me up, I just need to go on and do what I need to do with it. Amen. Because nothing gets better if we don't if we don't do that. So we need to pray that the pastor, when he speaks, the word has free course without any limitations. To move and to groove and to cut and to slice and to uplift and to prophesy and to do all this stuff that whatever the word needs to do, because the word knows what it needs to do. Amen. We need to pray for the pastor to have wisdom and revelation. Amen. We need to pray for pray protection. Pray blessings. You ever ask God for blessings? Do you ever speak the blessings of God over your own life? I mean, if you go to Revelations, I forget exactly what chapter it is. Uh, I think it's, I'm not sure. Uh, but it says that part of our inheritance is blessing. So I know I can believe for a blessing for me. Amen. Matter of fact, I tell the Lord every day. Every day. Every day. This is the day. 
that Levi and me, Jackson and Lexi, we receive the biggest blessing we've ever received and we give the biggest blessing we've ever given. Now, if I can do that for me, surely I can do that for somebody else. Amen. All right. And then uh, the last thing that I want to leave you with this is if I ask for a show of hands in here, how many of us would say that on some kind of regular basis we sow to another minister of some kind? Whether it be uh, Andrew Womack, whether it be Kenneth Copeland, whether it be Creflo Dollar, whether it be Jimmy John Joe Ministries over in Clara, wherever it be, if we be honest, sometime on a regular basis, Every month, every other month, three times a year, something, we do that. Praise God. We should. Would you agree with that? But the biggest place and your greatest blessing is when you sow into your own pastor. That's the the greatest place. So I'm not telling you don't sow anywhere else. Keep doing that. But every once in a while, because, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. You don't just, you're not watching Kenneth Copeland every time get so fired up that, oh man, I got to throw money at that TV. You just every once in a while think, man, you know, I need to sell some seed. I think I'm going to sell it to Kenneth Copeland this month, or I think I'm going to sell it to Andrew Womack, or I'm going to sell it to, uh, what's the lady's name? The women look. I mean, I'm sorry, the people look. Joyce Myers. Yeah. You don't even think about it. You just say, you know, I need to sell something. I think I'm going to put it in that ministry today. The greatest place to sow is into your own pastor. So I'm going to leave you with this. Then the pastor can fix up whatever he thinks I messed up. (laughs) It's a spiritual, say spiritual. It's a spiritual principle to honor your pastor. And when you walk out a spiritual principle, there's no way, not any kind of way, that you can't be blessed for it if you just walk it out.